guys, welcome back to Sounds Nice Podcast. I'm Valentina. And I'm Andrea. Just in case you guys, this is the first episode you guys listened to, welcome. So today we are talking about a topic that I feel like, unfortunately, a lot of people can relate to. (laughs) Before we get into the topic, I thought it'd be a good idea for... Andrea and I to explain a little bit of like where we're from and how we grew up so that you guys get the context of this topic. So Andrea, you start. Yeah, so I was born in uh, Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, um, which is like really beautiful, but I don't know because I've never been. (laughs) And (laughs) uh, my parents left Mexico when I was two. So I haven't been back since then. So I don't really remember much about it so when we got here to the united states i grew up in atlanta we moved when i was in third grade to tallahassee and i've always just considered myself more of a florida girl than than a georgia girl or from atlanta because i don't i don't even remember and i spent most of my life here in tallahassee florida so i consider myself growing up here but being from mexico you could say for me i've lived in a couple places before i lived in miami florida but I have lived most of my life in Miami. So I was born in Caracas, Venezuela. I left when I was about three or four. My parent, my dad had a job in Germany because he's German, even though he grew up in Mexico. So he does speak Spanish too, but he is of German descent. And so we moved to Germany when I was about three and we lived there for two years. And then from there, he got a job in Colombia. So I lived in Colombia for two years. And then from there, things got really messy because in that time period Colombia it was a really dangerous place to live and they were bombing a lot of the places around where we lived they bombed the club we used to visit every day so while we were visiting um, my grandparents on my mother's side here in Fort Lauderdale Florida my dad basically was working in Colombia and he called my mom and he was like yeah you guys can't come back here they're bombing houses around us it's just really dangerous he actually did the whole moving himself so we ended up staying in here in Florida and since then we've basically lived here we moved to Miami and my parents found a school that would teach us German so that we could continue learning the language while we learned English. I actually didn't know English when I moved here when I was eight. And then uh, when I was around 12 or 13, there was uh, eight months that I lived in Spain because of a visa problem. And then I was able to come back luckily. Although I have lived most of my life in Florida, a lot of it is in Miami. And Miami is really different from the rest of Florida. So I never felt, (laughs) I never felt felt like super like American here because almost everybody in Miami is mixed and not always Hispanic. There's people from everywhere, but Miami is just like this big culture filled place, which I love. Yeah. (laughs) And that's not the case in Tallahassee. (laughs) We've had this conversation a while back of like where we come from. And I've always found it so interesting because like I've never really left Tallahassee. I've always kind of just been here. Like I've traveled to visit family that lives in other states, but not like I've never lived anywhere else. So would you consider Miami like your home? Like when like if you were to go somewhere, you're like, where's where are you from? Like, would you say like that's your home? You know, I've always thought that was a really interesting question because I always answer differently depending on who I'm talking to. <laughs> so I used to always struggle between saying either Miami or Venezuela. Venezuela because technically I'm from Venezuela so a lot of times if they're Hispanic I'm like Venezuela and then a lot of times when they're someone who's just kind of conversing I'm like oh I live in Miami or whatever <laughs> <laughs> I'm the same way and it's really funny because like I used to hate living in Tallahassee because like I grew up here so I got tired of it in high school and I just wanted to leave and when I've gone to travel like to another state or for vacation or anything they're like oh where are you from I'm like oh you know my home is Tallahassee and then I'm like 
ew, the place I wanted to leave for so long is not my home. But it's actually not that bad here. It's boring as hell in your high school years, but it's not that bad as like my age, I guess. Honestly, I lived in Tallahassee for three and a half years. I always, I remember like the first two years, I was like, it'd be so boring to live here. And I remember one of my sister's friends said she wanted to stay there. And I was like, what? It's so boring outside of college life. And I actually feel like not necessarily. I think it could be a lot of fun if you have good friends. Yeah. It's a really good place to settle down and have kids because it's small enough to where your kids aren't going to go to like crazy party. I don't know. Like I picture growing up in like New York or something, you're, you have so much to discover, which is great. You have so many museums, but here it's kind of like more chill, more relaxed. Um, But at the same time, once those kids get into high school, they're going to hate it. Well, I can't say that. They may love it, but I hated it. But yeah, I'll think about like, if I were to have kids in New York, I would have my kids there and probably stay till they were like three or something. But then when they weren't there old enough to go to school, I would move back here just because of safety. And I'm just could see myself panicking and being a helicopter parent. <laughs> but yeah, it's always funny to hear that. Okay, well, then let's do the golden question, Andrea. Or you do you identify as Hispanic? When people ask you. I do identify as Hispanic, but it it's tricky on paper because when you're filling out job applications, especially now I'm filling out job applications, sometimes they'll ask you like, what's your ethnicity? I always wondered why there's like all of these different boxes and then there's never one for Hispanics or Latinos, but then you like put other and then the little Latino box pops up. What about you? I don't know if a lot of people know, but there is a difference between Hispanic and Latina. The terms are used interchangeably here in the U.S., but Latina is literally like in Latin America. And then Hispanic is that you come because a lot of the uh, Latin countries, like the people come from Spain. So Spain isn't considered a Latin country, but it's considered a Hispanic country. You get me? So I do identify as Hispanic. I when I used to check the box in school, I always hated it because my mom would I had a conversation with my mom and she would always put white. And one time I put Hispanic, actually, when we came back from Spain. And they made me do a test just because I checked off a box just to, to make sure that your English is good enough to go into normal English. And I was like, what the heck? I've never had to do that. And then one of the girls or somebody told me like, oh, yeah, they'd make you do that every year when you put the box Hispanic or whatever. And I was like, what the heck? And my mom's like, yeah, I always put white. And I'm like, what? So I think I normally check off as race. I check off white because my skin is white. I like it when ethnicity, when they let you check off more than one box. And I normally check off white and Hispanic with jobs. I know in a lot of places it's like, oh, if you're Hispanic, that's good because they're, they're trying to fill in ethnicities. Some One time actually in Miami, I considered not putting Hispanic because I was like, everybody's Hispanic here. Maybe I should be the exception. <laughs> but I, I ended up putting Hispanic anyways because I don't, I mean, I don't like lying and I, I hate that they would hire somebody because of something like that I think that they shouldn't when it comes to job applications they should take those boxes away yeah and there's always one that says that you can like not put but I'm like I feel like if you check that off they're gonna like be upset and they won't hire you because they're gonna be like oh that's the type of girl that like like is always fighting for equality and stuff like that which is viewed as bad for some reason in these jobs they don't want somebody who's gonna fight them so I never want to check off the one that says I don't want to identify. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was going to ask you, because you mentioned, did were you ever in Esau, like when you got here? I actually, so I wasn't. My, my older sister was, because when she got here, she went directly to third grade and she was put into Esau. I got here and I didn't know any English. It was the end of first grade and they didn't put me in Esau. But 
here's the thing. I finished the school year here and I didn't understand a word of anything that was going on in school except for German. I knew Spanish and German. So in German class, I understood and in English, I had no idea what was going on. Because I remember one time looking back at like my journals from first grade, um, the teacher would put the journal topic on the board. And then everybody would sit there and write the journal topic, whatever she was asked. And I remember finding my journal ones, and I would just literally copy the journal topic. And I was always like, why is everybody taking so long to copy this stupid sentence? (laughs) I didn't know what was going on. I just had pages of, like, a journal topic. So I I was put there. My mom actually, that summer, once we graduated, because we got here, and I think there was like three months of school left or something like that. And my mom put me and my older sister, so I was uh, eight and she was maybe 10. And we were put, my mom put us in a camp in Tampa. She found a camp in Tampa, a religious like Christian camp in the middle of the woods, in the middle of nowhere where nobody spoke Spanish. And she left theirs there for two weeks. (laughs) And she said, when I went to pick you guys up, you would not shut up in English. (laughs) So I was so little that I learned English that quickly. And then after that, I wasn't put in ESOL. My older sister was, my my dad would actually sit there and translate a lot of the textbook and stuff for her to be able to understand it. I was in it, but not for a long time. And I don't actually remember it being ESOL until later on when I was like, wait, was that ESOL? Because when I lived in Atlanta, I was there from preschool till like midway through third grade. And I remember at one point, Throughout that time that I was there, there would be like a teacher that would come in between whatever periods it was or whatever class time, and she would come get me and then we would go into another classroom and then she would read us a book. Yeah, and then she would like tell us in Spanish, what do you think the book was about? And I would look at her like, you just fucking read the book. Why are you like, because like, I was really lucky that I started the school system here in the United States. So I think I picked it up in preschool. I know I struggled with it because I have a lot of traumatic experiences that I can recall now that like happened in preschool. But after that, like I picked it up pretty, pretty quickly. So I was always confused as to why I was in Esau. And I always wonder if it was because that specific school, I don't remember there being a huge Hispanic population. But also at that time, when you're little, you don't understand what race is. It wasn't a big group. It was maybe like five kids. And I thought it was the funnest thing, but also a waste of time. Because I remember, (laughs) like, I remember being excited that this teacher would come in and she would like take us out of class and we would go and walk around the school and she would ask us questions questions and like about how we're feeling and she would read us books and stuff but then sometimes I would hate it because she would go in whenever like kids birthday parties were happening and I would be like why do I have to leave I want a cupcake and like wow and so, <laughs> but I didn't know that was ESOL until we moved to Florida and I was in third grade and I wasn't put in ESOL but I remember they had me take a similar test where they would they put me in the library and they asked me to read something out loud and then they also timed my reading that was it and then I was like that was weird and then I was never put in ESOL again after that so I don't think it's necessarily bad I don't I think ESOL is a great system that they had set up I don't think they advertised it a lot because I don't remember learning about it till later when I did that test but I think it's great that they were trying to set up a system where they were trying to um, evaluate how new kids were feeling and putting together this group and helping them out. Not only if you're saying like they they would ask you how you're feeling, that's amazing because they're not just sitting there teaching you, but they're actually considering how how this different mood. And, and that was just that program because like 
so I didn't know what ESOL was until middle school. And I had friends who were in ESOL, e- English to Speakers of Other Languages, ESOL. So it wasn't just for Spanish. No, it's there were other kids there too. I remember in middle school, there was like a girl who was from Russia and she she was in it. And she actually knew, she. I don't know if she picked it up, but she knew Spanish, Russian, and English. And I thought that was really cool. Andrea, I actually was wondering if you would share any specific traits that you would say would make your household a Latin household? Yes. I don't, I'm trying to think. I think the obvious things are like all the memes that you see online of like your mom, like hitting you with the chancla growing up and like waking up to music for cleaning, like all of that. It does very much happen in my household. But apart from things like that, for me, the biggest thing that I identify my family as like Hispanic or mostly Mexican would be their parenting style and the way they think. Basically, like the fact that I'm 25 and I still live with my parents some people as I said that right now listening are gonna be like why you're 25 and you live with your parents but then there's also gonna be those listeners who are Hispanic who are like that's normal (laughs) so especially as as a girl that's it's very much normal to my parents and to my culture that the girls in the family stay in their households till they get married and it's normal my dad my parents have never made me feel like I needed to move out they've never like pushed it but because I grew up in the states with American culture I've always felt the pressure and so that's definitely one thing is like just the way they think is very much still from their country which is also my country and they're starting to now after 20 something years that they've lived in America they're starting to kind of slowly get comfortable with the Americanized kind of Hispanic lifestyle but it's tricky because I do respect staying close to those roots it's like at the beginning obviously I didn't like that I couldn't go out I couldn't sleep over at friends house if they didn't know their parents like the only places I could spend the night was with one friend shout out to Katia because she listens but yeah I was only allowed to spend the night at her and that was because they knew her parents and they knew that they went to church <laughs> they were like okay you can stay and when I was invited to birthday parties where the where the kids weren't Hispanic they wanted to meet the parents and I was like that's weird don't do that and like they wanted to see the house to make sure it was safe and that there wasn't gonna be anything there for me that very much I didn't like when I was younger now I get it because I think about like how I would want to keep that when I have kids as well another thing that makes them very Hispanic or very Mexican is just they always made sure I knew Spanish because even though we live right now we're in in a time where some some people don't like it when other people speak Spanish or just another language they always pushed it to make sure that I knew Spanish and I'm very thankful for that because there's been times where it's come in handy I'm very appreciative of that I speak two languages and I don't know if you saw you actually you did see I put a meme on my personal Instagram about how growing up with two languages you realize that you don't know anything because I don't speak Spanish 100% and I don't speak English 100% like you learn both of them half (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) because like I grew up with them both at the same time so I don't know if I have a first language they're both my first languages and it's tricky because sometimes when I'm writing in English I have so many grammar issues And I don't do that on purpose. And it's not because I'm dumb. It's because my brain is constantly flipping. It's like a little switch. It's like English, Spanish, English, Spanish, English, Spanish. So it's, it's tricky. Yeah, no, I did. I learned, I learned all three languages separately. So I first learned Spanish, then I learned German, then I learned English, but I still feel the same way. And I actually think I speak English better than Spanish and German because it's what I was taught the most at school. But I I also have had a lot of grammar issues, which I don't necessarily only identify 
identify as a problem because I speak two other languages, but I think it's a school problem because they don't really emphasize on grammar. I don't remember ever having a class on grammar, which I do remember having when I was learning a new language. But they kind of just, because a lot of people grew up in the United States when they learn here, they just expect you to kind of know it and to learn it through reading instead of making that a priority. And I even, I always thought that was a problem because my major was creative writing in college and they still never em emphasized a grammar class. I tried so hard to find one. I had to buy books to teach myself grammar. <laughs> yeah, I still struggle with grammar and even Spanish. Like my mom is always constantly correcting my sentences when I speak them in Spanish. And I don't know if this has happened to you, but for me, when I speak Spanish, I have an accent. Like a you don't speak Spanish 100% accent. I don't know how to explain it. Because I do speak Spanish 100%. Like my mom yells at me and my brother when we speak English because she wants us to speak Spanish. She understands English very well. She just doesn't like us speaking it in the house. But she'll correct me. She'll just like re-say the sentence and it annoys me. It's a pet peeve. I think I don't, maybe that's a Hispanic trait because my parents have always done that. It used to bother me a lot. Now it doesn't because I do want to say things correctly. Actually, I took a little course in Florida State University when I was learning there my last semester that I found a course that was for people like us that are Hispanic but never were correctly taught the language but they speak it well and that one I learned a little bit about grammar and it made it better especially with the tildes that's one of the big things I never learned and I always hated that uh there was a couple words that I wasn't sure if it was supposed to have age or not and I remember my mom would always should find old cards and because I learned German more than Spanish like in class I mean I would write words like casa which is house I would write it with a k because in German almost everything's with a k so I would write all these words as if I was writing in German because I never really had a Spanish class. Like you said, I I can't even think too much of if I think of what makes my household a Latin household. I'm sure if I brought in like someone that was really American to my house, they could describe it perfectly. But for me, it's how I grew up. So it's harder. But I know there's like the basic things that anybody thinks of when they think of a Hispanic person, which is food, music, loud people. I have those three and when I say food, I don't mean any food because I know any culture will say food is a big part of the culture. But I mean, in my house, we are a big mix of everything. So we have Venezuelan food. We will sometimes have a lot of Mexican food because my dad grew up in Mexico. So he has that. Um, so we have a, a little bit of everything. We we have some recipes also from Colombia. So we have a lot of everything. That's really cool, though. Yeah. So I was reading an essay that my cousin wrote for her college admission. I was helping her edit it. She lives in New Jersey. So she basically described how she felt that it was so different and how people, if they passed by her house, they never would know from the outside how different her house is on the inside. And she started, her parents are really Mexican before they grew up here. They just lived in Mexico. Uh, it's my, my dad's brother. So she was describing like the flavors and all of like the Mexican food they make at her, their house and stuff like that. And how like when you pass by someone's house on the outside, all you see is the bricks and you, and you see people, but you don't realize especially me and her in this case like we're white with blonde hair and all that so people might see us from a window or see a family from a window and just think oh look at that family but they don't realize what's inside the smells the flavors the and the way she described it was really nice which is I had never really thought about in my house I have had friends come over or I have had people mention like oh you smell like your house or this or that but I never realized I was always like is that good or bad <laughs> but it wasn't until I moved to Tallahassee that I realized how Hispanic I am and I always knew it but my whole family is Hispanic and I always grew up around a lot of people 
but it wasn't until I was in Tallahassee that I realized like I need that. I, I would search out for groups and for people because I, I would miss the Hispanic music. And I like when I go to a party, I like that music. Uh, I like certain foods better or and a lot of it is like you said, how they raise you. And a lot of times you talk to somebody else who is, is Hispanic, even if they're not Venezuelan, like for you, you're Mexican, and you really identify with how you were raised. And I've even kind of started to see it. Uh, there's a person, Lily, and she has a late night show now. She's a comedian. She used to put a lot of videos on Facebook, and now she has a late night show. And I've noticed that a lot of times when she puts things about her her culture and how she grew up I can also identify with a lot of it not all of it but a lot of how, how her stricter parents are the comments the aunts say so I've come to realize it's not just a Hispanic or Latino thing but it is easier to identify even with it's when it's certain words or the way that you say something or the way that you spice something you you tend to identify with people even though I understand that every culture will have something similar. And I think in general, what is very different is the American culture. It kind of reminds me, um, there's this TikTok that I saw about this, like how, and to a point, some of the comments were kind of correcting it, but I'm just going to explain the TikTok so no one come for me. But in the TikTok, it's basically like a commentary on how children from like white families or American families, I guess, white Americans will yell the children will yell at their parents in public and then it cuts to like a Hispanic mom like shaking her head like no that would never happen in my household and then it cuts to like an Asian mom and the Asian mom saying that would also never happen to my household and then it cuts to a black mom and the mom's like that's never gonna happen in my household and it kind of and so like people in the comments were like laughing and they were like yeah like we were raised to never raise our voices at our parents and some people were um white were saying like that's also the same as us like not all white parents are like that so it kind of reminded me of that like a lot of cultures cross over in in a lot of different ways I agree yeah I agree that there's a lot of things that kind of cross over and I like food so I like learning and hearing about different food cultures um so one of my favorite foods in the entire world because you were asking, like, you weren't asking. I'm just saying it. But <laughs> you were talking about food. Um, one of my favorite foods, I could eat this, like, this is, I love it, is Indian food. And my stomach does not handle it well, which is weird because I'm Mexican. So I'm used to a lot of spices. But I, I just love Indian food. And I think it's because I used to have a really good friend in high school who was Indian and I went to her house a couple times and her mom made the best Indian food ever and it was so good and I knew she made it with love yeah I know your parents are like this because it happened when I went to visit you and I know my parents are the same way like Hispanic different culture parents love to invite people to eat their food mm -hmm. and they love to like explain how you have to eat it it's like no 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 you have to add the cheese this way and then you add this <laughs> yes yes and then they watch you eat it and it's like because they want to know like your reaction and <laughs> did you like it did you like it and then and then they'll even be like if, if you don't like it's fine because like I didn't that wasn't the best one and I remember like I remember going to her house and her mom made some really really like I don't even know what it's called I'm not gonna pretend like I know what it was called but I've always wanted to find this dish and it's like potatoes but it's like it's not just potatoes. This isn't in some regular ass potatoes. These are like Indian potatoes that were so good and they were spicy. And then she gave me like, I think it was non bread. And I was just like, oh, love, this is amazing. And I actually 
this i don't know i associate a lot of feelings with foods um because i think people who cook and who love to cook you can taste it in their food and i've said this to you before and it, i still want this but your cinnamon rolls I've had dreams of them. <laughs> I never gave you the recipe. You gave me the recipe, but I can't. Okay. I can't even pretend. I I burn <laughs> freaking like everything. Aww. Like I suck. I suck at baking. I love baking, but I suck at. It. I burn everything, or I don't have the patience for it. So I've tried to kind of make those cinnamon rolls, but I'm like, I'm not gonna try because I'm just gonna disappoint myself. <laughs> oh, I'm so sad. No, I'll make it for you when you visit me again. I all right. I honestly, for me, I, I used to, I learned baking and maybe this could be a topic in the future. I taught it to myself. And yeah, I had a lot of people tell me, like even sometimes when it looks really ugly, like this time around the cinnamon rolls looked hideous, but I always, a lot of times I get the flavor right. And I've made other things that turn out ugly or are not like the right consistency, but the flavor is almost always there. And No, but they were good. I don't know why. It's just, they were really good. And like my stomach wasn't well at the time, but they tasted good. Yeah, they were good. My stomach was fine and they were good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were like, oh, and I wish I would have been able to eat more, but like obviously because I was going through like health issues, I couldn't, but I was just like, they were so good. And... But yeah, food. What's your favorite Venezuelan food? Ah, uh, that's hard. Or your dish, your favorite dish. Like if you one one dish you could eat forever. When I was young, my answer was always always muchacho, or a lot of people call it lomo negro, which is it's like a beef and how they they make it with like a lot of lot of onions. And I don't even like onions, but they make it with a lot of onions and then they blend that with like they cook it for hours with onions and sugar and. They cook the beef to, to a point where it's, like, soft. And then they blend that all into a sauce. And it's, like, the most amazing sauce. And the beef is, like, really soft and, like, cut really thinly. And then you give it, they give that to you with, like, rice and other things. But there's just so many things. Because I like anything with plantains. Uh, baked plantains are, like, my favorite thing ever. Or fried plantains. One of my favorite things is, like, to come home and there's nothing for dinner. But they left me one one whole plantain and they... A baked plantain you just put butter and cheese like that's like one of my favorite things but I also want to say like arepas like arepas I can have with anything you tried arepas when you're here right I did I liked it a lot yeah and the thing about arepas in Venezuela is that they're served they can be served as breakfast lunch dinner snack and you can eat it with anything you can eat it with just butter you can eat it when I was vegan I would just eat them with olive oil salt and pepper but you can eat it with that you can eat it with cheese you can eat it with beef with rice with beans you can put anything in there if you like eggs you can put eggs in there so I feel like that should be my answer because it's it could be applied in so many manners but I've also had this like amazing empanada that I love uh this Venezuelan so the empanada Venezuelan empanadas are different than other empanadas because the dough is sweet and it's fried and it's made with corn flour a lot of empanadas are made with normal flour with all-purpose flour so they're different these are like a sweet and they're fried and they're made with corn so they're completely different I like this one that's amazing and I don't know what their the name is but it has cheese and plantains inside that is so good <laughs> I can't uh, I can't say one main dish but I feel like maybe anything with plantain can I say that <laughs> I don't know it's hard <laughs> <laughs> yeah I I feel the same way about tamales and like they have to be Mexican tamales because I've tried other tamales from other countries and they're good like not hating on them they're good but they're not the same and I don't know but my favorite tamales are um 
the sweet ones they're like made they're like sugary they're dulce and then my family dyes them pink so they can tell the difference they put raisins and then my i don't don't think this is just my family kind of thing uh but my mom will fry them so like when they're done they're like soft and stuff well she fries them so they're a little bit toasty and then she makes a torta out of it so she gets like some bolillo and cuts it in half and then puts the tamale inside and then like closes it and then you have a torta de tamale and oh my god just to clarify in mexico torta is a sandwich it is a sandwich that was a big shocker for me (laughs) because in venezuela torta is a cake and when i was offered torta and I was given a sandwich. I was not happy. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I like that. I also really like frijoles. There's these frijoles, but there's... I don't know if you ever had them. They're like... Is it the red ones? Yeah, they're called frijoles puercos. So it's like they use chorizo and then they blend... It's like the, the mushy ones, but these are blended with chorizo. And they put queso... I have, I have an aunt who makes them. And I love them. Like, I think one time she made them for Christmas and she made me a little separate plate. And they were just for me because I love them. That's so much. cute. Um, but those are the two things. Yeah, they're not the healthiest things, but I do like them. I also like frijoles charros, which are like the hot ones that are like a little bit soupy with tocino and all of that. Is there something though that you don't like? Because for me, I cannot, I cannot stand menudo. The smell of it drives me insane. It's like this soupy, it's like a broth, but they use like, I think they use a pig belly. I don't know what they use, but the the meat is is not a regular meat. It's like, it feels chewy. I don't know. I don't, I don't like it. I don't even like thinking about it. Uh, Okay. Okay, I'm a really picky eater, so I'm sure there's a lot of things in general, and this probably affects more Mexican food, but I don't like anything spicy, anything spicy at all. So I suffer when I eat Mexican food because everything's, almost everything spicy, I would always just ask for a quesadilla because it's the only thing I could ever find that wasn't spicy yeah I'm trying to think I know there's like a big big soup that like is known to be made in big family gatherings called chupe which I don't like which is basically just like a huge soup where they put in like a bunch of things and I don't like it there's a lot of things I don't like I don't like yuca so I don't like avocado which I know that a lot of Hispanic foods mix so I don't like wasacaca which is basically Venezuelan guacamole and that's like a big oh you know what I don't like ceviche that's a huge thing what no i love ceviche no i don't i don't like a lot of seafood and there's a lot of hispanic foods that are made with seafood and ceviche is one of them oh yeah like that's mexican mexican seafood is like a completely different territory like it's like something completely it's like it's its own cuisine and so where my family's from we're from like the coast area of mexico and we eat a lot of seafood especially ceviche because there's different ways to make it like the most popular one is like the one with like the white fish and some some restaurants don't make it right because they make it too soggy where like you put it like on your tostada and your your tostada falls apart because it's like soggy it has to be like the right ratio of like juiciness to not and there's so many different kinds you can make it with like octopus it's so good with octopus they make it with like shrimp it's a huge yeah a lot it's a big i think they mostly make it with shrimp or octopus yeah i love ceviche seafood i love seafood in general but just like mexican seafood is like the bomb and it's hard to find a good mexican seafood restaurant because most mexican restaurants are like the typical the chimichangas and stuff i actually i 
like I said, I've visited Mexico many times. I, I've been more to Mexico than any other Hispanic country because because of my dad and he had family there. So we used to go like every year. And when you think of Mexican food, you don't really think of uh, anything sea related. Like people just think of tacos and, and flautas. I really like flautas. But one of the best fish that I have tried actually was in Mexico. We went to this little tiny town that lived in next to this big big river I think it was and you had to cross it with like a big bridge and they had this one really famous restaurant and my dad and I would go and they had the fish there like the dead fish there and you could choose it and we chose one and they cooked it and they brought it to the table and that was the best fish I've ever had oh yeah those are good so I can't say that anyways now that we've gone into this all these topics that prove that we are Hispanic and Latino, both of us. How many times have you been asked, are you Hispanic? Like, or felt like you're not Hispanic enough? I've never been asked, but I have had situations where I do feel it. Like, so here in Tallahassee, I've never felt that. But when I go to bigger cities, I can tell. Because obviously there's more Hispanics in those cities. So I feel white, kind of, like like a false lip. Latino or when I have family come over from Mexico that they visit I definitely feel very what they call like fresa. Fresa means that you're kind of not spoiled but just that you're more privileged I guess that you act that way. Yeah it, it's almost like r- spoiled rich girl. <laughs> Honestly I I have heard that term and I definitely do not think you're fresa. I've, I've met I've met Mexicans that are fresa. And I really do not think you are. Thanks. <laughs> I aspire not to be. Uh, but I do feel that way when I have family come over because it is different. There's a lot of things that I, like, I remember one time, like, I had a cousin who come visit and they were talking about some artists and I was like, you, you like that artist? But I didn't realize, like, it's a main, it's a mainstream artist for us, but not for them over there but then they also have cool bands over there that i've never heard of that they would listen to i'm like that's so cool and they're like you've never heard of them and i'm like no and they're like "Mm." so there's it goes both ways but yeah i've definitely had it where there are some times that i do feel that i'm not hispanic enough um but at the end of the day i'm not going to be more hispanic to some people and to some people i may be too hispanic and i just have to be kind of comfortable with my personal identity And it has been a struggle to find that. I mean, I'm not even 100% sure I have that identity. And by that, I mean, um, I struggled a lot in high school with accepting that Hispanic side of me and the Latina side of me, the Mexican side of me, because I did go to a high school where the majority, like 90% of the high school was white and very American and you know, kids got their cards at 16 and they could talk back to their parents and they could sneak out and do all of these things. And that was not the way my parents wanted to raise me. So there was a lot of clash between me and my parents, specifically like me and my mom, because like I wanted that, that just, that's just not going to happen in my household. I give her props now as a 25 year old, because like I recall how I was at 15, 16 and all the fights I would get in with her because I wanted to be Americanized and how she would set her foot down. And I like my hats go off to her for being able to be persistent with that because I appreciate that now. And man, I was a I was not the easiest teen, but also I wasn't the worst. Okay, because I never did drugs. I didn't get pregnant. I I think I'm a pretty cool. I like I did good, but I I definitely did argue with her a lot over that. To her defense, karma will come back when I have my own kids because I'm pretty sure it'll it will. Our parents always told us that. They were like, you'll thank me when you're older. Right? Yes. And I do. (laughs) I do thank her now that I'm older. Like, I get it. And I appreciate her kind of putting her foot down and not letting me do all the craziness that I wanted to do because I wanted to be 
like my friends who could do all of that. Um, what about you? I had I was fortunate because I never felt like how you felt where you felt like you were too Hispanic for the people around you because I grew up in Miami and there was a lot of Hispanics. That being said, I did at first only interact with people that were in the German program, so they weren't necessarily Hispanic. I think that if I think back when I was really young, and maybe it has to do with what you said about maybe we don't really classify our ethnicity when we're younger, but I do think that I I always, and I still kind of do it, I would separate how I was at home and when I spoke to my parents with how I was at school. I would never, when I was younger, go up to people and start talking in Spanish because I wasn't in the Spanish program and that wasn't really something we did in the German program. So at school, I I always spoke English and if anybody... And I still kind of do it where if somebody speaks to me in English and I know they speak Spanish, unless they're like really struggling and I and I know that speaking Spanish is going to help them, I just keep talking to them as if I don't speak Spanish because of the fact that they already judged me. And I, I kind of always did that. So because I look very white, and this is one of the reasons that a lot of time I've been told I'm, I don't look Hispanic enough, it's uh, people just a lot of times, even Hispanics, they will hear me speak Spanish or they will see me and they will automatically switch to English because I look more American because I'm blonde, blue-eyed, white, and so necessarily fight it. And it does bother me sometimes, but in my mind, if you are judging me and speaking to me in a certain way or in a language because of a judgment that you already have placed in your head, I'm not going to try to help you unless you really need the help. But when I first started feeling this difference was when I moved to Tallahassee. I remember moving to Tallahassee and kind of starting to feel the culture shock that a lot of people feel when they come to America because Miami is so different from anywhere else. And here it's very accepted to speak Spanish, to put Hispanic music. I mean, we have almost as many radio stations in Spanish if not more than in English and when you go to Tallahassee when I moved over there so I was 19 I go there and only saying hi to people or asking people what floor they were on the elevator people would already ask me where I was from because they thought I had an accent and I had never been told I had an accent I never realized I did I I've lived with aunts and uncles that have an accent in English but I guess mine's a little different I don't know if it's a Miami accent I don't know if it's an accent from all the places I've lived and it's kind of mixed in there I've never been told I have an accent in Spanish. Actually, it's one of the things that when people don't believe me I'm Hispanic, when I speak in Spanish, especially Venezuelans, you could tell I'm Venezuelan. Not a lot because my accent has become less strong since I've lived in a couple places and I do have some words from different different Hispanic countries that I have mixed into my vocabulary, which I love <laughs> because I love being able to like understand a little bit of the vocabulary of other people I talk to. Like if I'm talking to you, I know what you mean by fresa, which I know that a lot of people don't. And a lot of times I'll say a word and I don't even know where that word came from when somebody asks me. But I have, I actually felt the more not being Hispanic enough. I realized it in Tallahassee because I was over there and people were really, really American over there. And I was trying to create friends and I couldn't really connect to any groups. So one of the groups I tried to connect with was a Venezuelan group. There was like an on-campus Venezuelan group and there was a Colombian one. I don't know if there was a Mexican one, but there was like a Venezuelan group. And I found out about it and I was like, awesome. And I went there and a lot of the people in this group, they were really nice, but a lot of the people, most of the people were recently, like they moved here from Venezuela. Like they had moved there a year ago. So they grew up in Venezuela. So where I have felt the whole judgment about not being Hispanic enough is there. Where And when I talk, and this is kind of what you were saying, when I talk to people that grew up in Venezuela or came here when they were a lot older, because I do see that there's a difference between the Hispanics that grew up in their country and as adults 
moved here or moved somewhere. I mean, they have their whole other struggles and they see the world different. And we do have similar cultures, but but they might see us as privileged or lucky because we grew up here. Because America's always seen in a certain way, especially by Hispanics and other cultures where it's like, oh, you grew up in America, so you get all these opportunities because that's how America and the United States especially is seen as like a land of opportunity from the outside. So growing up in the United States, and I know with your family, your parents might have even come here for that. My parents, we have a different story of how we came here than how your parents came here. But I don't have that like, oh, I was struggling in my country, so I had to move here. I don't have that. And Mm -hmm. I understand that I'm lucky because I didn't have that. But I also feel like a lot of times you meet somebody who grew up in Venezuela and they will judge you because they think that you're too white. And I look white. So they're like, oh, you're not really Venezuelan. And then I speak it and they're like, okay, you totally sound like you are. And you just have to remember. And I have to say, I have to admit that even I have seen people... One time I was at a coffee shop and the person serving me was a, a white redhead and I was talking to her and then I heard her talk in Spanish to her coworker and she had a really thick Venezuelan accent and I was surprised. I had never seen a, Venez- a Venezuelan like redhead like her because I've seen the ones that like have mixed red in there. Yeah. But she's like really, really redhead. And so, but I'm not saying I judged her, but I am saying that we're so embottled in all of this cultural am I too Hispanic is there representation here and there that we don't even realize and even within Mm -hmm. the representation and the Hispanics there is judgment there is you're not too brown you're not brown enough you're too brown and I think a lot of times within Hispanic cultures it's not always like I feel like Hispanic cultures are not that racist they're more classist which I don't think is good either yeah but it's so true I don't mean to cut you off, but it's so true because even with just within Mexicans and I can only speak for my culture and I can only speak for my family. And there's still that because I not just necessarily with my family, but I see it a lot online where it's like if you're from like a certain part of Mexico, you're seen as like lower class. If you're from another part of Mexico, you're a little bit more on the higher class kind of. Yeah, same. In Venezuela, it's the Which same. is weird. Yeah, it's definitely like you can even tell by the type of music and the type of food they eat. Honestly, you can tell by how they respond to people. You can tell because even though people with more money a lot of times think that they're better, a lot of times the people from the small towns are more respectful in the way they talk to people. They're more loyal too. They're like Yeah, but but you can tell like I've seen people from small towns and they always say like si señora or whatever and then I've seen people that grew up with more money or even if they didn't grow up with more money, they grew up in the city and they just talk to people a little bit more disrespectfully. And I'm not saying everybody because like I said, stereotypes, but a lot of times you see that. Yeah. And I think that goes for the states as well. Because if you think about it, like the South has its, because we're from the South and I've had people actually say that I have a Southern accent. And I always find that funny because I've never necessarily classified myself as a Southern woman or a southern girl but i did grow up a southern belle (laughs) a southern belle because i don't you know i don't have the southern belle typical look which is blonde with blue eyes and like you're you know here and do all of the southern things but i did grow up in the south and i do say y'all and i do say a lot of things and i love southern food i love cornbread i love the food from here and a lot of the culture here there's a part of me that is still southern i don't ever realize it because i don't consider myself southern when i'm here but then i'll go somewhere else that's not the south 
and I instantly feel it. Like the very first time I left Florida and because like I've been to Georgia, but that doesn't count. They're like our sister states or whatever. But I remember the first time I went to New York at a restaurant, I was like, can I get sweet tea? And they brought me hot tea with sugar on the side. And I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I was like, where's my sweet tea? Give me that McDonald's sweet tea. And mcdonald's <laughs> or chick-fil-a has a best routine but anyways uh yeah or just like the food just tastes different i go back to food because i love food but yeah no i definitely agree it's the same thing with hispanics there's just like a, there's a different a different turn to it also soccer in my household i don't know if this is the same thing for you but soccer is really big in the hispanic culture and especially in like the mexican culture and like my family takes it serious but not super serious because for us it's more boxing which is weird and but yeah like my family takes boxing more serious than they do soccer like we only watch soccer when it's like mexico versus another country we never watch like the the ligas i guess and that's like rare so it's not like i'm a huge soccer fan and i don't really know much about like the rules of soccer like i kind of get the game because i've watched it growing up but like boxing i know boxing like i know boxing because of my family and i'm not even allowed to watch boxing with my family when they do bets because i win and then my uncle's get angry at me so because <laughs> i'm taking their money so they're like nah no in in venezuela i mean soccer is a big thing in most hispanic countries i think i know in venezuela baseball is a big thing it's, it's very big over there and i don't necessarily i'm not very passionate about it i'm not very passionate about watching any sport if i'm being honest but yeah i think every every hispanic country has like soccer and you know what i mean <laughs> um but this is one of the things i wanted to bring up before we close this episode i think that representation in any culture is important and i think that the more time goes by the more that people fight for it and everything but what i've kind of noticed is that within representation of hispanics right now it's so important for them to identify themselves as hispanics that i feel like they only put hispanics that look like what the stereotypical hispanic is and i don't know if i'm wrong I'm sorry if I'm wrong, but a lot of the people that people idolize as Hispanic are like J-Lo. I really like Gina Rodriguez. For example, Camila Cabello. A lot of the artists, they look like how a lot of Hispanics look, but they don't necessarily represent all Hispanics. And I think that's one of the mistakes. I think that, yes, Hispanics should be represented in media and all cultures should be, but it's important to show all sides of it. And I think when I watch like Spanish TV, like Spanish shows that are made by Netflix or, or even novelas, you do see a little bit more of the mix. Not necessarily. It's always the same characters playing the same type of roles. Like normally the white, more white ones are more rich or whatever, which is wrong anyways. But in general, I think it's important that one that's one of the problems that everybody sees always if they're a, a maid, they always look more brown, more a certain way. If, and so I think within representation, we have to better ourselves in that way because that's one of the things that people are always shocked. Like, wait, you're Hispanic. You don't look how like I would think a Hispanic. You don't have the caramel skin. You don't have the, I mean, I have hips, but like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You don't sound like a Hispanic. And like, for example, there are some that do. Like Shakira is a very well-known Hispanic artist. I mean, now I think she's even really famous in English. But she doesn't look the caramel skin. You know, she has the blonde hair, even though it's not her natural hair. If you think about a lot of important Hispanic artists, and for example, Selena, she was super, super important in within representation of Hispanic music and I know a lot about her story and she grew up in Texas and she didn't even really know Spanish 
she learned the pronunciation of Spanish words because her dad was telling her how important it was for her to basically interact and how important it would be for her to become more well-known within the Hispanic audience. And she dreamt, she dreamt more about being famous in English. So she didn't know Spanish that well until she became bigger and she started learning more Spanish when she would wanted to visit Mexico. But she was a really, really important and big character. I know that when she became important in music that a lot of kids were happy because they were like, I see somebody who looks like me. And I know that that's one of the big reasons they're trying to find people that are uh, more caramel color, skin colored, and they look a certain way. But I also think it's important to show, just like in jobs, they shouldn't judge you by where you're from, but your ability. Of course, it's not our reality. But yeah, I wanted to bring that up. Yeah. No, I agree because I'm just going to tie it up really quick because it's, you said a lot of it. And I don't want to repeat it, but there's a huge lack of representation of all Hispanics and Latinos on media, period. Because we do, when we do see a movie with a Hispanic, and especially women, there's they're always the sexy, kind of dumb, very loud, big booties, very like, ah, la, 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 kind of thing. I'm going to give you a little bit of like, not homework, but if you ever watched Modern Family. Oh God, don't do this. <laughs> Sofia, Ver- no. listen, no, no, no. This is not me. Hey, <laughs> let me listen. I, I do love Modern Family. I think it's a good show. And I do like Sofia Vergara. Same. But the only issue I have with her character, not her, not the actress, the character itself, which is Gloria, whenever she does something that's quote unquote, quote, Hispanic, so her, that usually includes her being loud, her talking really fast in Spanglish, her uh, moving around with her hands and like her always moves look not at Sophia look at the characters around her and obviously they're actors so they're act this is probably part of their acting but they're I noticed this the other day she was there was like a scene that she did where she was being you know loud and whatever and the one that's married to Phil the other lady that plays on there and even the the character who plays her husband just looked at her like they were super annoyed and it kind of hurt not gonna lie because I was like this is what people assume that we're like. And yes, we are. My family is loud. There are some people like that. There are some people like that. There are some people like that. And there is some people like that. There's dumb people in all countries. There is. And the thing about the whole representation is that it bothers me when people bring it up. I mean, I think it's important. and I, It bothers me when people generalize and that's what bothers me. Yeah. But I do think there should be representation because I see it in a lot of things. I, there's... You could, I could say the same thing about Germans. They're always the bad guys or the ones who are villains. Or yeah, you know who, you know who did who did it right? Who Jane the Virgin? Yes, and that's why I love that show. The reason why I like that show, I don't, I don't, I didn't necessarily like the storyline, but what I liked about the show itself is that there was a story that the characters happened to be Hispanic. No, not only the the three most important characters yeah. were three Hispanics, and they were different generations, so you could see all three. Yes. And you whenever they were so she wanted to be a writer, but she this is going to fall into something that was told to me, but it was like she wanted to be a writer. We follow the story of someone who wanted to be a writer, writer. And then she kind of like her culture influenced a lot of her decisions, but it wasn't what the show was focused around because the show like it was called Jane the Virgin. If you were from any other country and you just saw that title, it you didn't assume it was a Hispanic show. 
it wasn't until you watched it you realized the characters were Hispanic Latina. Yeah. And I like that because I, I it bothers me so much that I've been told so many times in writing that uh, I would be very inspirational if I wrote my story in about being Latina. Oh my god. I'm like, no. like I hate that. <laughs> we grew up in the United States, so I think we're allowed to show more than one point of view. Yeah, and I, I do the best I can to write characters who are diverse. And, and actually, a lot of the characters that I've written don't have that type of thing because I write fantasy and sci-fi, so that, that, that doesn't really doesn't get mentioned because like you could be talking about elves or dragons so like dragon people or something hispanic dragons though i'm just kidding <laughs> right i do the best <laughs> to tie my culture culture in um like the story that that you know of of the superhero that i'm writing yeah and so like i'm not gonna know more about it but like that's a good example of like it's not gonna be the main focus another good show that i recommend watching where they do the same thing that jane the virgin does is roswell which it does have a little bit of like a sci-fi tone to it but i like it because the character is mexican but she's second generation but the show doesn't revolve around her being mexican it revolves around her falling in love with an alien and then she just happens to be mexican and we see her culture and we see how it, it's affecting her culturally but you also have an actual storyline and i like that because the story is not i'm hispanic the story is i'm andrea who is hispanic yeah and that's that's important i think that's what people have to realize that in a show it's not your ethnicity or the color of your skin shouldn't be who your character is it should be part of who your character is because we are not our ethnicities we are not the color of our skin we are an assembly of a lot of things that have happened in our life of our cultures of, of anything that's a really good point to bring up actually jane the virgin's a show that i love because of that but i should i want to bring up that it, it actually descends from a venezuelan telenovela called juana la virgen like the original story is a venezuelan novella and they basically adapted that so i wanted to bring that up <laughs> we're really good at doing that we recycle a lot of novelas because the same thing was with, with rebelde I, I was reading an interview one time of brooklyn 99 which is a really good show too and i remember reading the interviews two of the it's like it surrounds a group of cops basically and two of them are hispanic and i remember listening to an interview because rosa who's like more of a tough character and then amy who's more of a she loves lists and like being on top of things type of character and they're both hispanic and they when they were interviewed and they realized that there was another hispanic on the show they were so sure especially rosa she talked about how sure she was that she, she, one of them was gonna have to go because there was already one other hispanic on the show and it's so sad that you would have to think that yeah for example rosa like you don't see that as much like the tough like biker type chick who like is serious she's the type of a person in that show and she she has a hispanic descent it's not always brought on about this character she plays. And Amy's also a Hispanic character, but they weren't worried about how well they could portray the character, which is what they should be worried about. They were worried about the fact that they are Latin and that there's already one other line. And I know that a lot of uh, other cultures have that problem where it's like, oh, okay, well, they, well, they already have one Indian person or they already have one Asian person. And everybody, there's a lot of issues in general. But. Yeah, you want to know what what other good movie does a great job and they're not um, Hispanic? Crazy Rich Asians did a great job of it too, where like the characters were all, it was, there was a storyline and they just happened to be Asian. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't 
focused around mm-hmm. a certain thing. So before we close, there's one thing I want to point out. So people think there's rules. Do I speak Spanish? Do I look span Hispanic? Uh, am I Latino? Forget all that, guys. Forget it. You are Latino if you or your family are of Latin American descent. That's the definition of a Latino. It's not you speak Spanish and have brown hair and have brown eyes. No, that's if you're a Latino. So forget other people's judgments and get yourself some better friends who are not judging you, okay? And also just do you. Like, at the end of the day, you have to be happy with who you are and you don't need to explain. And whatever mix of things have created you as a person is so important to your point of view and what you bring into the world. Yeah. So forget the rules, forget the lists, forget the boxes. Because guess what? In like 10 years, there's going to be so many mixed people that it's going to be fine. You Don't worry about it. So you can hear more of our Latina mixed selves in the next episode. What do you think, Andrea? Yeah, I'm ex- make sure you leave us a like on Spotify and a review on iTunes. I know we have one review and thanks for that review. And follow us on all social media. We are at Sounds Nice Podcast. We'll, you'll hear from us next Tuesday. Bye, Sounds, Sounds Nice. nice. I want a cupcake.